we like to start out this podcast with um, sending our condolences, our thoughts, uh, and our love to everyone in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, um, after those terrorist attacks on the mosque, which is terrible. And uh, both of us are very active in our religious community. So anytime there's a church shooting, a mosque shooting, a temple shooting, it really hits home for us because... Um, I was talking about this a little bit earlier, um, not on the podcast, but with somebody else, but that we always talk about interdependence in Buddhism and we talk about it on a very surface level, uh, in the sense that we're all connected, right? And that's really easy to think about, to kind of imagine that we're connected to other people, but the real heart of it, when we get deeper into it, we realize that there is no difference between, uh, myself and other beings, not even just humans, but all life in general. And we were able to look at someone else and realize that they're a person at, who is the same as me and I'm the same as them. That's when you truly understand interdependence. So I was listening to Dak Shepard podcast. I'm not shout out to them, I guess, and Kristen Bell, uh, that episode. But uh, she was saying that you when you push someone out of the way of like a bus that you know it's going to hit them, it's not because you care about someone else. It's because that's you. You're that person and that person is you. So that's where the instinct comes from. And so this idea of us being the same becomes even closer to home now when something like this happens, that those people those uh, practitioners, uh, those are our brothers and sisters. Like they're, they, they're Muslim and we're Buddhist, but at the end of the day, it's all life. It's all hurting now. Uh, and it's all violence against each and every one of us. So I just wanted to put that out there that we're uh, definitely um, grieving with you. We, we want everything uh, to go better from here. We want to make sure it never happens again. I'm Reverend Matt. And I'm Regular Matt. And this is the Welcome, Welcome Matt's, Matt's pod- pod. Welcome Matt pod- Welcome pod- Podcast. To the podcast. All right. Well, we are now in part two of our male privilege slash toxic masculinity uh, episode and so we're the last one we focused more on male privilege and in this one we're going to focus a little more on toxic masculinity so um <clears throat> again uh we uh would absolutely love to talk um about uh feminism and how it's important uh but because we are two males we felt like we needed a guest to help us to better understand it so uh, we're going to be talking more about the masculinity side of things. Mm-hmm. So here, we'll start off with a definition of toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity is a narrow and repressive description of manhood, designating manhood as defined by violence, sex, status, and aggression. It's the cultural ideal of manliness, where strength is everything, while emotions are a weakness, where sex and brutality are yardsticks by which men are measured, while supposedly quote-unquote feminine traits, which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual, are the means by which your status as a quote-unquote man can be taken away. So, uh, breaking it down a little more, 
what does this toxic masculinity or traditional masculine ideology mean? And uh, I read that. I'm pulling this again. Um, so this is another thing I'm pulling from uh, the New York Times in the In Her Words section by Maya Salam, uh, which the article is titled, What is Toxic Masculinity? So she goes on to break it down. What does toxic masculinity or traditional masculinity ideology mean? Researchers have defined it in part as a set of behaviors and beliefs that include the following suppressing emotions or masking distress, maintaining an appearance of hardness, violence as an indicator of power. And then in parentheses, she has think tough guy behavior. Uh, so in other words, toxic masculinity is what can come of teaching boys that they can't express emotion openly, that they have to be, quote, tough all the time, end quote, that anything other than that makes them, quote, feminine, end quote, or weak. And in parentheses, no, it doesn't mean that all men are inherently toxic, uh, and end parentheses. It's these cultural lessons, according to the APA, that have been linked to, quote, aggression and violence, end quote, leaving boys and men at, quote, disproportionate risk for school discipline, academic challenges, and health disparities, end quote, including cardiovascular problems and substance abuse. Um, <clears throat> let's see. She goes on to talk about how men are overrepresented in prisons uh, because they commit more uh, violent crime. Uh, and then how um, Wade Davis, a former NFL player who speaks about gender equality to uh, big companies, says that the best messengers for this issue are other men. So he says, I don't think it's the work of women. I think it's the work of men like myself who need to be talking to our brothers, fathers, our friends. It's individual men who are going to have to, at some point, decide how to define manhood and masculinity for himself. Mm -hmm. So that was um, the recap from the uh, New York Times article. Um, I hope that gave... Um, at least a little bit of a definition mm -hmm. of uh, a working definition that we can use uh, for toxic uh, masculinity. And then also um, kind of a jumping off point um, for us to talk about as far as uh, who and what is going to be the uh, agent of change within all of this. Right. So um, I don't know. Did you, did you want to talk a little bit about our own, uh, experiences with this, with talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. It. Okay. I think I think that's a good starting off point. Sure. Um, you know, for me, I think um, I think I think I see this more in like high school boys uh -huh. and like my high school boys right, for right, right. like Dharma school and stuff. Right. That um, I think a few weeks ago we did. You know, you know how we are, like you and me. No. We like to do all those like personality quizzes yeah, and yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So um, a couple weeks ago, I did the love language uh -huh. quiz with them. And they're like doing it and they're like, oh man, this is so soft. Like you're so soft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're such a pussy. I'm like, you guys are the worst. Yeah. And then they do it and they're like, it's so soft to do this. And you know, like the love languages are, um, what are they? It's like, uh, words of encouragement. Yeah. Uh, uh gift, gifts, giving, uh, time. physical touch and time. Or, like, quality time. Mm. Yeah, so a lot of my boys actually had quality time as their um, 
love language. Uh-huh. And and it's funny because the boys who don't have it are like, oh, that's so soft. Like, oh, you just want to spend time with them. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what are you talking about? You guys yeah. are weird. But to me, that's always been like how I've expressed myself is that I like spending quality time with them. And then like doing these things, it's funny because they kind of act hard. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever, man. Like kind of, you know, put up their like defensive shields. But like when you start talking to them about it, then they're like, yeah, well, I like doing this kind of thing. And I think that that's something for especially for high school boys being surrounded by other high school boys. It's like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not like emotional. And like, I don't I don't like that kind of thing where I don't know for like you and me, it's more like (laughs) we're more open about it. I guess not saying that we're better than them. But I do think like it's just the culture of like high school boys trying to kind of yeah puff their chests out and right that's, and a lot of times like if they're not learning how to deal with their emotions in that way uh-huh. that's when it starts to become more of a lifestyle of toxic masculinity right absolutely uh, there's definitely something about being in high school that there's uh, an incredible competitive streak yeah uh, within dick measuring <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the time, and you know, I remember um, people being like, uh, you know, like, oh, don't be a bitch, don't be a punk. yeah, like, and don't like, be a pussy, and then you know, like, like, oh, you know, don't cry, or you know, I don't want to see any tears, or like, you know, suck it up, kind of thing, um, especially uh, in things like uh, a sports team, you know, if you're on a sports team or something, mm-hmm. and you get. Uh, injured or someone pushes you, you know, you're supposed to like push back and not yeah. supposed to show any weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, not just for your opponents, but even like within like the team. Yeah. Right? You're not supposed to like show any kind of mm-hmm. uh, weakness. Um, and then, yeah, like this uh, violence as kind of an indicator of power. Um, you, if you are, you know, bigger than someone or somebody, like you can like push somebody around, mm-hmm. then that's kind of asserting your your dominance and mm-hmm. it's uh kind of like accepted you know among men where like yeah you're like roughhousing and stuff and yeah i don't know there's something about roughhousing that boys just like to do mm-hmm. uh which is um you know there's nothing wrong with uh playing uh with each other as long as it's um you know both people are having fun yeah but then when it gets to a point of like bullying then mm-hmm. uh, that's where you have to draw the line. But uh, very rarely does it happen in, like, you know, school settings, right? Yeah. Like, uh, people will be bullying a kid and um, no one will step in and, you know, they won't see mm-hmm. what is so wrong about it because it is uh, taught to them that you have to physically put other people down so that right. you assert your own dominance, you have your own confidence. Right. Yeah, and I think I—I I mean, to me, I think the most prevalent thing is just the idea of like suppressing emotions, uh-huh. and that you're never allowed to be sad. Really, like yeah. you can only really—you're either tough and always happy, or you're weak. Right. Yeah, and I think like one of the games that um, you know we play is like uh, if you like. Um, you know, would wind up to like swing at somebody mm-hmm. and then they would like flinch and then you say, all right, two for flinching. And then you like, yeah. you punch them anyway. So that's kind of like 
the combination of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not just you have to be hard, like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this this idea of, like, even flinching is, like, weakness is punished with, like, physical violence. Yeah. So that, you know, this idea um, that, like, at all times you have to be willing to, like, square up to somebody who's ready to fight you. Yeah. And I'm, if you don't. I'm not a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get hit. Yeah. And, like, and, and I don't want to hit anybody either. Right. Uh, but, like, that's like that's the high school I grew up with. That's the game we played, yeah. right? Is that you you play this game where you can, like, beat up on each other. And, yeah. And it, it plays on this idea that if you aren't ready to fight, that you're weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, I've always been kind of not like traditionally like manly in that way. Uh-huh. So like, so I know for me, like a lot of times it's like, Oh, like, are you, are you gay? You're yeah. gay kind of thing. I'm like, I don't really know how those two things correlate to yeah. each other just because I don't want to fight someone. Right. Right. In, in the middle of school. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then that, um, that idea, right. Yeah. If you aren't like how you traditionally should look as far as like masculinity yeah. goes that mm-hmm. you're that you're gay like, or that you're like feminine and yeah. like weak you know, and then yeah and then, sense. and then to correlate feminism or being gay with being like bad right? yeah like that that's a bad thing also um yeah and so i guess for me like growing up like in middle school i didn't hit my growth spurt i was super skinny as a kid but i was on these sports teams and i was <laughs> around <had> wide chest <laughs> i was around these kids that were kind of that uh stereotypical like jock kids mm-hmm. and for whatever reason they took like a liking to me but i was like oh this is this, like little kid you know like we better <laughs> better take him under our take him under way yeah so they were all really nice to me uh, yeah. which i appreciate now uh but because i was around that i i wanted to be like them and so you know i started hitting the weights i started mm-hmm. you know working out with them and um i ended up getting um a lot bigger so i did look you know kind of closer mm-hmm. to like what a traditional uh, masculine person is supposed to look mm-hmm. like whatever that means um but like it definitely had uh an influence on me yeah uh, because of the way they acted and um you know like i uh it's not my proudest moment but when they would like bully you know other kids mm-hmm. i wouldn't like get in between them you yeah know, like them, you know they're my friends and also you know they're bigger than me and so like i don't want to get in a conflict with them which because you don't want to end up getting bullied exactly yeah. right and, and it's sad that like we have to or you have to be put in that situation where it's like either right. this, i stop this person from getting bullied and right. i get bullied or i just don't get bullied right and then it was <laughs> there was this kind of like weird moment of like clarity i guess mm-hmm. where uh one of the guys was like picking on this other kid who was you know more like i guess feminine mm-hmm. you know was in kind of uh like a, a higher voice i guess yeah and kind of mannerisms yeah 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 and so they were messing with him when we were uh in the locker room after like being in the pool and mm-hmm. then so he was like tugging at his towel and then like you know he was getting um the, the kid was getting mad yeah and he was like <laughs> after a while he's kind of like man don't know want to see your pee pee. And so like, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, they're just like joking around, like messing around. Yeah. Uh, but they don't, they don't actually like, you know, care. I yeah. guess To that point, they're just like kind of asserting, you know, their dominance that way. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're trying to be um, bullying where they don't really even like almost want to be, you yeah. know, where like uh, this, this teasing comes from um, this this part in their lives that they have, they feel like they have to do it mm-hmm. almost, which is, you know, again, like really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, like playing a lot of Asian ball, it's the same thing as of like, there's how that hyper competitiveness of mm-hmm. like, Oh, well we have to beat this team. Like I need to be better than them. Right. And like, you're always trying to push yourself to be better, stronger, you know, win. Yep. And you know, 
it is kind of that whole like tough guy um, exterior. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, I get knocked down, but I'm going to get back up, even if it hurts kind yeah. of thing. And like, I don't know, it kind of carries over into because, I mean, for me, it's like basketball was almost a year around thing. Uh-huh. So, you know, that kind of starts to carry over into your personal, like outside of competition life. Right. Yeah. And I think I was lucky that uh, my team was real bad. Uh, oh, mine was too. <laughs> but well, I hated it. I hated every second of it. <laughs> I, I had a good time. Um, but, it, you know, because like, because our team was so bad, I think we didn't really care. Yeah. If we won or not. Yeah. We were just there to try our best. And if we won, we won. Wow. But most most of the time we won't. Um, yeah. So like, Played a lot of 9 o'clock games in those tournaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Uh, but the, um, because of that, I feel like I was kind of spared in mm-hmm. that sense, because I think if anything, I was like the most, um, I don't know, I guess masculine out of them. And mm. so like, if I was getting like kind of fired up and I was like ready to fight somebody, then everyone else on the team was like, no, 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 Jets, man, clear Jets. So like, I think that that did have, um, like a positive effect on me mm-hmm. in, in that kind of competitive sense yeah. where, uh, it started to lose its appeal or like it's, a yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I, I think the same for me because my team was so bad. Yeah. Like it used to, it used to get me really fired up at like the beginning. Like I would be so mad. I'd yeah. be like, why are we even playing? If yeah. we're just going to lose every game. Yeah. But then like towards the end of high school, I'm like, Oh, it's just basketball. Yeah. Like who cares at this point? Right. And, and then you're just kind of like out there to have fun. And yeah. I think, and then I think, for me too, it was, I started to enjoy it, like just going and playing basketball as mm. opposed to like going to win yeah, kind of thing. But I, I don't know. I think for me too, I was lucky enough to have a lot of friends that were girls uh-huh. from like the basketball and even like temple uh-huh. situations. Like it was just a lot of like, I had a lot more girlfriends because I did not like the, like, <laughs> I don't know the, I guess it's like toxic masculinity, like they're always like having to beat my chest. And oh like yeah, be better than the other person. Like I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm better than them. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that because I'm sure, like for me, it's the same thing. Like I've done it and I'm guilty of doing it. Yeah, but I don't know. I I like to think that like having these like young girl or not young, like young women uh-huh. in my life uh-huh. it's like helped me to be more in touch with like my emotions and like not have to feel like i always need to be quote unquote man yeah yeah well like i think uh where it um started to kind of change for me like was i mean definitely you know in high school with like the mm. competitiveness yeah but then in college yeah for sure uh i was i was you know like uh Obviously, if I was in the dorms, I was with a guy, but we lived on a floor that was co-ed. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I started to make more uh, close friends that were girls and, you know, kind of understanding them. Uh, but then, like, my sophomore year, we moved out and we were in an apartment. And again, you know, it's like me and, like, what was it, like four other guys or something. So, there's a lot of, like, dudes there. Yeah. But, a lot like. Of testosterone. <laughs> but it was funny because we would, like, watch uh, movies together. You know, we'd hang out. <laughs> And then they'll be like rom-coms. Well, like it, it wasn't so much rom-coms. Like, cause I remember one time we like watched like all the Robocops or something. Uh, we also watched like all the Power Rangers movies, but we, we so watched good. these everyone like, Korean dramas together. Oh, and then so we're, we're like bawling our eyes. Yeah. Out, and we're just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not crying, man. <laughs> you're, you're crying, man. I'm not crying. <laughs> 
but like sharing in that uh, experience, yeah. you know, we kind of uh, recognized within each other as like, okay, we like, we have feelings. And, yeah. You know, we feel like crying. And, you know, when you do live with people and you get to know them, mm-hmm. then you stop seeing just the. The, uh, what they want you right, to see. Right, that like yeah. facade that you have of like hardness all the time. Mm-hmm. And and then it becomes okay for you as a person to show that to other people mm-hmm. because then it's like, okay, we're all kind of being vulnerable here. We're all yeah. opening up a little bit. And when, you know, all of that starts to crack, then you can um, be okay with showing those kinds of mm-hmm. emotions to um, obviously the cl- people who are close to you, but then yeah. also like other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me too, it's the same way. Like in high school, it was kind of like getting over that. But in college is like when I was kind of able to talk to my friends more about like my relationships and things right. like that in less of a like superficial way yeah, yeah. and more of a, like the emotional impact it has or like, yeah. If things are good, like, why are they good? Or, like, how do I see things? And stuff like that. Like, if things are bad, like, why is it affecting me, kind of? Or right. what are, like, some things that are going wrong? And, like, how does that how does that affect, like, my emotional health? Right, yeah. So, like, it, it started out, I think, with, like, teasing. Um, like, one of, one of our friends got, like, a girlfriend. And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be, like, in the room together. We'd, like, knock on the door and, like, run away. Or like, like children, yeah. Like, essentially, yeah. Essentially, we like go through like his computer and like we're trying to find like his porn folder and stuff, and then he like and open it he and like, run away. Uh, but then like you know it goes from that um, mm-hmm. to actually having like relationships and then talking about mm-hmm. the relationships and you know like um, I don't know you know our friends all pouty or something we're like oh you know we like girl trouble blah blah blah. But yeah. then like we and then actually going and then up you there, actually like, care like hey, yeah oh, you're what's talking in conversation like, exactly yeah. right. So that that kind of evolution of mm-hmm. you know essentially being children, <laughs> yeah, and teasing and like running away, yeah, uh, where it, it is kind of it not kind of it is toxic, you know, mm-hmm. where, where you, you should be supportive, um, you know, of your friends, um, but then evolving into more of a relationship where you can be yeah. uh, emotional, you can mm-hmm. be something other than just this hardness and having these productive uh, conversations. Yeah, and I think and I think there is kind of a myth of that boys will be boys and i think we even kind of fall into this of like oh well they're they're just like high school kids Uh so they're never gonna get it they're not mature enough kind of but it's not that i think it's teaching boys at a young age that it's okay to have emotions it's Uh okay to cry it's okay to be happy those kind of things it's like they don't know that up until you know, we've kind of had that interaction with them. Otherwise right. it's just like, Oh, well I need to be, I need to be like a man. Right. Or I'm trying to be a man. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like we have to, um, let, uh, young boys know that mm-hmm. it is, it's okay, you know, to not be, um, these certain ways to, to hide your emotions, mm-hmm. to be hard all the time, to, yeah. um, that it isn't, you know, violence that's necessary Right, that you can be um, masculine uh, without having uh, these other um, toxic qualities. So, like, uh, it was yeah, we were we were looking at one <laughs> this one article um, where it was on uh, scarymommy dot com, uh, and uh, <clears throat> there was someone who wrote an article uh, referencing the Gillette commercial that we talked about in the previous episode. Um, and some of the um, 
uh, responses that he got for it, which were prime examples of toxic masculinity where you know Mm. these people are saying like oh yeah toxic masculinity doesn't exist it's just something made by the liberal feminist propaganda and all this stuff so we like you know all these people who are like responding to it these are examples of toxic masculinity and and they made the point um that uh that to label it as toxic masculinity um isn't to label all of masculinity as toxic um where uh let's see hang on one second oh there it is so yeah for those who are offended by the term toxic masculinity toxic is an adjective it describes a specific type of masculinity not masculinity period placing an adjective before a noun does not mean that the entire noun is described by the preceding adjective Mm -hmm. there are brown bears and black bears Saying brown bear is not saying that all bears are brown. They're so, also polar bears. <laughs> so, like, when uh, when people hear this toxic masculinity or people kind of challenging the idea of mm-hmm. what masculinity is, uh, they think that their people are atta- attacking all masculinity. Yeah, and I think they're they're starting to feel the threat. Right, is what it is. Right, yeah. and it's and I think a lot of it is because their idea of masculinity and their their lives has been built on mm-hmm. this. Uh, this value system, which yeah. is very toxic. And so to get rid of that identity causes them great um, cognitive dissonance, like you mm-hmm. know, pain. And it, it isn't to excuse it, but like to show them, you know, how fragile uh, this idea is that like, once you take away this idea that they're um, doing what is right, mm-hmm. you know, when you tell them like, no, that's wrong, then it, it has these severe consequences to who they are. But you know, it is, still saying that there's nothing against uh being masculine Mm -hmm. right it's just this uh these aspects of it which can be very very hazardous uh to people and the people around them um so uh to try to um kind of isolate and then get rid of these toxic aspects but you know it's not to say that men can't be uh manly right like um to have masculinity, uh, what does that mean? And it's up to us to then redefine it, right? Yeah. Like, what does it mean to, when someone says, you know, be a man, you know, what does that mean? Oh, you know, be as swift as a coursing river. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see, to, to uh, I don't know, did you want to touch on anything on this or? No. Okay. I mean, did you want to read some of the comments? Uh, I not, mean, some of the, the uh, not particularly. Okay, yeah, I didn't either. They, I don't want to promote that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to promote that negativity on yeah. this uh, podcast. I don't know. Did you want to reference any other articles? No, nah, I didn't okay. have. I didn't really have. Okay, any. well then we'll go into the the eightfold path. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so um, where is it? Right there. Okay, so uh, for us to um redefine uh masculinity, we can start to look at the values that we have that we want to promote Mm -hmm. as being positive um i guess you know i think within buddhism it's as a human being yeah uh and in that way too there's almost no distinction between what is masculine and feminine there's really only just kind of being right and i think that's something that's kind of it's important to our teaching i think that it's again breaking down those labels of you're either this or that Mm -hmm. that no we are all sentient beings right in this world kind of living life 
Right, right. Like um, to be uh, compassionate, oftentimes is seen as like, oh, like you know, mothers are compassionate. Yeah, or like Women empathetic too. It's right, kind of like, yeah. And I, I think it's uh, unfortunate that it can't also be seen as something that like a strong man does, right? Yeah, like a a, a very strong uh, masculine man can be very compassionate yeah and and you know maybe that could be one of the defining features Mm -hmm. of who he is and what makes him strong and masculine so i think it would be great if we could start looking at it in in that sense where it's like something that makes someone uh very um you know uh attractive yeah or uh particularly um i guess confident Mm -hmm. uh these things um would be uh these values that we have uh, for for all beings. Yeah. So then looking at like uh, the Eightfold Path, I think, uh, so uh, yeah, regular man broke it down in this great way um, where the first one, like the right view is um, seeing others equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that comes from, you know, being able to take other people's perspectives into account. And I think it's something that we don't do necessarily in our everyday lives. I think a lot of times we get focused on you know, what we are thinking and how we see things that we can't even um, take into account what other people are seeing. And it's allowing ourselves to to take their perspective in and evaluate it and say whether it's reasonable or not. And seeing that using that they're using their perspectives, we can kind of treat people in a right way <clears throat> right. or a so, better way, I guess. Right. Yeah. So like one way. uh Toxic masculinity kind of defines, um, uh, well, I guess masculinity is like being dominant, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah. uh, in discussions, mm-hmm. uh, to be dominant in an argument would be seen as masculine, yeah. but uh, I think uh, with this right view, we would challenge it to be um, someone who is open minded, yes, uh, and you know, not just being able to communicate their own understanding or position, mm-hmm. but then also being able to listen and understand others. Yeah. And I think also to taking in how their actions kind of affect other people mm-hmm. and cause not everybody will perceive what you're doing in the same way. Right. <clears throat> so then, yeah, going into right action, um, standing up for what's right. Uh, I think, uh, standing up for others and, you know, standing up for like weaker people um, can definitely be seen mm-hmm. as like a, a masculine thing. Yeah. Uh, not that, you know, if women stand up for other people, it makes them, you know, I guess any less feminine. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, standing up for what's right is definitely a value that I think we should uh, really be um, putting, uh, I guess, a lot of value into. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that maybe I didn't necessarily write this when we were putting this one together, but it's kind of like validating other people in the Mm. same way, like using your actions to validate other people and how they feel. Because I think like for as men Uh that we aren't necessarily always validating other people's emotions or Uh validating other men's emotions that a lot of times it's kind of like, oh, well, you're just... You're just being like dramatic yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I do think that it's important that we, you know, tell kids and mm-hmm. 
other men like no if like you're upset and you're or you're sad or you feel a certain way like you're perfectly okay feeling that right. but it's helping them kind of right yeah, to yeah. definitely to validate other people's emotions yeah. for sure. Yeah, and kind of like not always sticking to what we would consider the status quo. And I think that's that's something that we kind of talked about in the last podcast was that, you know, within the temples, there are a lot of male-dominated organizations and mm-hmm. male leadership positions. And it doesn't always have to be that way Mm -hmm. that if there is a woman that is qualified or there is somebody younger that's qualified Mm -hmm. that they should be allowed to take it take those kind of positions right and i think that's something that buddhism kind of teaches us is that you know we're not always going to be the one that's right we're not always going to be the one that's best but um we should take that action to kind of promote other people and help kind of foster a community of that tries to be better than we were before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I recently, uh, came across, uh, a, I guess a quote by Einstein Mm -hmm. and I don't know. Um, I'm assuming this is correct. I didn't actually research it, but it was that problems cannot be solved with the same mind that created them. And Mm. so this idea of like, if we do have issues within our organization or something, Mm -hmm. like we need to be open to letting other people look at these problems and Mm -hmm. giving us the solutions. Because if we've had these same problems and we tried solving them and nothing has changed, we need to get new people. Yeah. So like by opening it up to other people that may be, uh, just as qualified or more mm-hmm. qualified, right? Then we allow ourselves to uh, think outside of this box that has been holding us down yeah. for so long. And hopefully yeah. we can start making some real progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. What was mindful one was kind of like the view one. Yeah. Right? I think they're all, kind of, they're all kind of like connected to each other. I yeah. Think. And then, yeah. Uh, so then like with speech, uh, absolutely. Uh, we need to use speech, which is not violent. That yeah. doesn't put down, other uh um div- you know the other kinds of people um other things that separate people yeah and I th- these divides yeah and, and to i be think more inclusive i think we just need to realize that we need to be more conscious mm-hmm. of the weight of our words mm-hmm. that our words definitely have effect on other people yep. and you know when i say like oh be a man that can affect how boy like young boys feel right if you're like oh well you need to be a man like you can't feel that way right and it's it's definitely it's not conducive to like a good environment for right me. and that's what creates the toxic masculinity right i feel like absolutely so we you know we did a podcast on language mm-hmm. with the mr rogers one. yeah uh and so it is important for us to be conscious about the words we're using because it does shape the the minds the lives of the people around us Mm -hmm. yeah but i think i mean i think to me it's it's using like even the most simple teachings in buddhism Mm -hmm. and incorporating them into your life Mm -hmm. it kind of helps reduce the like toxic masculinity in our lives Uh and for us right because i to me again i think being a a practicing Buddhist Uh where you're like trying to make that your lifestyle is already 
kind of getting away from the toxic part of masculinity. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you uh, try to work these values into your life, uh, it doesn't necessarily, um, I guess, focus on these ideas Mm -hmm. of what the masculine is. Yeah. Uh, But then kind of as a side effect, it does start to um, bleed into those aspects of your life. And then you stop being. Yeah. Uh, so uh, toxic, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I think while as an idea, they're fairly simplistic, mm-hmm. that it's definitely, it's not easy to always be mindful mm-hmm. of the teachings and incorporating them into your life. And I think, you know, we all need that reminder that, you, we can use the teachings in our own life to create habits, which create lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And to me, like the whole Gillette commercial is a good reminder of that. Right. And it's a, and it, it's not necessarily, I mean, we talked about this, that we both think it's a little bit on the, the heavy handed side, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's a good reminder that, you know, there is toxic masculinity. And if we continue to, perpetuate that that it's not going to get better for everyone right and that's kind of our goal as buddhist is to kind of create a better community than the one we came into absolutely and you know they they definitely could have been more uh subtle about yeah Yeah. uh but that isn't necessarily what they were going for Mm -hmm. or what would be best you know and perhaps sparking the controversy is the best thing yeah. that they could have done to get people talking about it. And these people who are um, reacting so violently against it, mm-hmm. um, unfortunate as it may be, as, I don't know, maybe lazy as it may be, maybe they are too far gone and they're not the ones that uh, are worth putting the effort into. Right. Right. And it's these young men, the people who are uh, coming up, the people who are willing to listen or are willing to be open, who are willing to be better than, um, you know, they, than they have been or how their, their presence or their, you know, their parents or their uncles have been, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. Um, it's those kinds of people that are able to, uh, really make that change for the better to make that difference in our communities. So like by sparking such a controversy, it actually catches the eyes and the ears of the people who actually matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I do think though that, we have to have a willingness to reach out to those people mm-hmm. because I, I, I struggle with the idea that someone is so far gone mm-hmm. that they can't be helped in some way yeah. because I do think that the conversation has become so polarized as like a lot of things have yeah. in the last five, 10 years right. that you can either be one side or the other. Yeah. And I, I don't think that, you know, just because they're on the other side, they're necessarily bad people, yeah, and, or they're wrong in a in a way, I guess. But that we have to be willing to reach out to them and say, no, no, like let me explain to you why I or why we feel this way, and not so much like, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, because that that just promotes more more of a toxic environment right. and not necessarily toxic masculinity, right. but a bad environment will breed bad people. Right. Absolutely. And although like, and I absolutely agree with you 
Um, uh, there is, um, it is difficult though to uh, talk to someone um, who is unwilling to listen. Yeah, and of so course. like you know, you you can't help someone who is unwilling to help themselves. You mm-hmm. can't talk to someone who's unwilling to listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, absolutely, if there's people who are willing to come to the table and have like a conversation, mm-hmm. um, then we should definitely try to reach out to them to talk to them. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is hard to people who have such a um, strong response like yeah. against mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the one thing that I really learned too is that uh, when people have an emotional response, they don't respond to logic. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very difficult because uh, some of the things that you see written uh, and, you know, how much passion is behind these responses, it is a very emotional mm-hmm. response to them, mm-hmm. you know. And I I can, um, to a certain point, uh, understand it if you've been raised with these values yeah if you understand it to be a certain way and then now someone's telling you that everything you've learned is wrong yeah then yeah you would have this really strong reaction against it yeah um and so it's hard to reason with someone mm-hmm. uh like that but uh again if someone wants to come with an open mind or yeah. at least you know willing to hear out something yeah then i would love to meet them halfway you know? mm-hmm. so of course but i do think that like with something like the gillette commercial uh-huh. it's already heavy handed. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the reason why you get such a strong response is that, um, it's almost telling people how to live their lives mm-hmm. and that if they aren't living it this way, that they're wrong. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's as Buddhists, that's how we should promote Buddhism. Right. I don't think as people, that's how we should treat other people. Right. Um, I do understand that sometimes it does take kind of a shocking event yeah. or like, something like the commercial to kind of spark the conversation. Right. But I do, I do feel like, you know, there is a way and a different time and place where you can have the conversation with those people who seem like they're too, too far the other way or unwilling to listen. Right. That if you open up a conversation as opposed to, you know, kind of pointing the finger at them and telling them what to do, that we can kind of find that middle ground. Right, and and that's tough. Uh, I mean, it's an issue that I come to with like as a as a minister mm-hmm. because I'm talking to, um, you know, a couple hundred people. Yeah, and like I can't meet all of them where they are. The same thing with Gillette. If you're gonna release a commercial to you know hundreds of millions of people, yeah, yeah. you're only gonna you're only gonna be able to. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't yeah. meet everyone where they are. Yeah. Uh, um. So that's like definitely something uh tough to do, and and also when mm-hmm. um again you know when I'm saying something, it doesn't mean how I want something to come off is going to be taken that way. Right. People are going to take it um, however they're going to take it, right? And because of their mm-hmm. own uh, life, their own circumstances, they're going to take it a certain way. So when people see this and it's commercial being like, oh, look, us as men, we need to be better. Yeah. But then, uh, like you're saying, you know, maybe they take it and like, you're living your life wrong. Yeah. Which is not what they're trying to say Oh, no, 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 no. And, uh, and I don't think we see it that way. But, right. uh, but, but other people might yeah. see it that way. And I do think that it, it, because it, again, it's like a heavy handed commercial. It's yeah. very like pointing the finger at the way people do things and like, Oh, you shouldn't do it that way. Right. Kind of thing. That's when it starts to become like, Oh, well you're like threatening my lifestyle and right. the way like I want to do things right. as opposed to like, I don't know, maybe promoting the conversation of, Oh, well don't you think like boys 
also like have emotions that they should be able to get out or like we shouldn't be promoting like rape culture kind of thing right yeah and and again like it's tough because as buddhists as um you know the buddhist teachings we're not supposed to tell anyone what to do Mm -hmm. they're supposed to come up with it yeah um, their own and you know if they're looking for direction or Mm -hmm. you know they want to learn then we're here for them yeah we can't tell people what to do and so um this it, it's tough because we want or at least i as i can say me yeah i want to tell people that they should be kind but then like you know if i tell people like yeah you should be kind then they're like ah well don't tell yeah. me what to do like, yeah i'm gonna live my life when i want to yeah um so i have to those put darn in, millennials yeah. so rebellious so I have to put in this kind of way where it's like oh you know like my life seems to be better if i'm kinder mm-hmm. and so if you know, you kind of want to try that out, then maybe you should. Yeah. Say something yeah, like. yeah, yeah. But whereas, you know, it, I mean, it's got to be tough to do that. Definitely in a, whatever, you know, minute 30 second commercial. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's basically impossible to come off that way. So you have to, you have to put it in kind of these black and white terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for people to, you know, to accept that or take that, uh, I, it's, I think hard for me to understand when someone says you should be better for them not to be like, yeah, I should be better. And, I have to realize for myself that not everyone has gotten to that point mm-hmm. in their lives that they want to be better people. They necessarily right. think that there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is um, an aspect of, I think specifically Jodo Shinshu that um, is very important where we all recognize how we are flawed beings mm-hmm. that we are imperfect. And so because of this inherent imperfectness, there's always going to be room for, improvement right and we're always working towards that improvement um because that's kind of the ideal is we're you know constantly on this path trying Mm -hmm. to make ourselves better so when we when i see an ad that says you should be better it really resonates with me like yes i should be better i'm Mm -hmm. trying to be better every day yeah uh whereas like someone else who doesn't necessarily have like i'm already good why are you trying to change yeah right like yeah i'm like the peak of manliness like why do i need to be (laughs) any kind of the apex of man exactly so you have this like real violent response yeah so like it's hard for me to put myself in that mindset Mm -hmm. uh but hopefully um people can recognize that it's not you personally all of us can be doing better Mm -hmm. um and you know when you start to realize that then you can start making these steps however small you know because wherever you are in life uh it's it's going to be different but Mm -hmm. you know we can start to move forward as a society yep i love it i think that's i think that that i think that was it all right okay All right. Well, uh, yep. So I'm Reverend Matt. You can uh, find me on Instagram at Rev Matt Hama. I'm regular Matt. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at the underscore Mattinator. Um, um, I guess that's it for this uh, episode, this second part yeah, to the uh, second the, to our first ever. <laughs> the, the second part to our first two part podcast ever, ever. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm River Matt, and I'm Regular Matt, and that and was that, the this, and that well, and that was. Let, well, welcome, welcome Matt's podcast. Welcome Matt's pod. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, Bye. Matt.